We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going. Stay not safe. Before you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going. Stay to stay. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy George Mackay, back in the Straight Talk Studios. It's mid-April right now. It's probably close to Easter or just after Easter. And who better to have on the show than none other than one of my favorite people right now in the Ontario indie scene, actually the indie scene period. I followed this man's career for the last couple of years. I'm excited to get him back on the show. And I'll explain why it took so long after I introduce him. But please help me welcome the white Russian, Anton Alexov to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, sir? Hello, hello. It is an honor and a pleasure to be here. I'm glad I finally learned how to use my Twitter DMs. My apologies for that in advance. I am three years too late. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So reason why he's saying that, ladies and gentlemen, is because at the start of the pandemic, I was trying to be consistent. I was trying to go week to week and blessfully I've been able to. So last show I was at, I saw him wrestle. So I hit him up on Twitter. I was like, hey, man, love to get you on the show. No pressure. Days, weeks, months went by. And I was like, fuck, did I like what did I do? Did I piss him off? I don't think we've ever even met in person. So then I saw him this past weekend at Destiny World Wrestling, and he had a killer four-way. We'll get into that a lot as well. But I said to him, I said, hey, man, I hit you up like three years ago on Twitter. And he started laughing. The first thing he says, man, I'm so sorry. And I'll let you tell this part of the story from here. I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that my Twitter DMs were locked and closed until Von Vertigo reached out to me a month ago. and went, hey, this other podcast is trying to reach out to you, but they found out your thing is closed because – they can't reach out and you never answer. And I went, wait, is that a thing? And then I looked at my settings. I went, wow, I have my DMs off on Twitter, which means <laughs> I literally do not see any notifications or receive any notifications. I did not know that was a thing. Well, hey, you know what? Yeah, you know what, though? We all, we all learn and evolve and grow. And I do want to state this as a disclaimer right at the beginning of this episode. If you're looking for us to talk any kind of Russian politics... It's not going to happen. It's off the table. Okay, this man was born and raised in Canada, and he has a Russian background for sure, but has nothing to do with the situation going on in Ukraine. So if you're, if you're going to throw out any hate speech on the interview, just scroll to the next video. Let's not, please. He's got nothing to do with it. So let's. I'm going to state that right now. I want to just have a good conversation with my friend, and we're going to talk my favorite subject, which is him, which is super easy to do, because you know a lot about you. <laughs> all right so the first thing i want to talk about the first thing i want to talk about is the first time i ever saw you was at a cross body pro wrestling show and you okay. faced i believe it was another fatal four-way but it was fantastic i believe it was you fuerza von vertigo and someone else i can't remember who else the other person might have been but it was one hell of a match and the thing that impressed me the most was that you wrestled in a complete suit like a complete suit. We're not talking like low key with just a dress shirt and a tie and like the gun holsters. We're talking jacket, vest, tie. I don't know how you do that. Like I was sweating watching you work. It's, I cry a little on the inside if I'm being quite honest, but it's one of those things where if I'm training, I'm not wearing a suit. I'm moving like a million miles an hour, but I'm doing a lot of cardio exercises just to like get myself going. And in the suit, I'm not gonna lie, I overheat in that thing when I first started so easily, but I'm really used to it because when I started training back in squared when I was in high school, I come from 
high school, but we had uniform and it was like dress shirt, suit pants, the whole shebang. But I always forget to bring a change of clothes to training. So I train in dress pants, dress shirt. So I got really accustomed to that real quick. That was one of those things where when I look at wrestling, I think, what can I do to stand out? What can I do to make people remember me? Not just for my moveset, but for myself, my personality, my entrance, just the way I look. And as a joke, back in the day, um, me and Holden Albright actually were, you know, just suit shopping because I was supposed to be like this really evil mafia, mafioso Russian guy. And then we saw a white suit and he's like, hey, put it on for fun. So I did. And then it was one of those things where it's just, it worked out so well. It was like such a party vibe. It was very different. So we got it, made a debut with that. And then from there, the promoter was like, don't you dare wear anything else but this. And people lost it because, you know, you're coming out with a bright white suit, full, like everything, vest, um, tie. And people are just amazed, apparently, that I can do what other people can do, but in a suit. So it just sticks. And yeah, it's a little painful on the inside after a while. And after the match, I'm really happy to just let myself breathe. But in the moment, it doesn't really affect me. My adrenaline's going. I'm just enjoying myself in the ring. Absolutely. Now you've added layers to your, uh, I guess, wardrobe. There's these fancy jackets that you throw on. You also have sunglasses as you walk out. You you literally look like if, uh, I want to say, because the jackets are very reminiscent of Tyler Breeze's boots. So I want to say you look like if Tyler Breeze had a one night stand with a Russian mafioso boss and they got together and they made you. <laughs> honestly i'm okay with that because i think tyler breeze has an amazing fashion sense so just to be compared to someone like that i'm i'm truly blessed i like to think i have a decent fashion sense it's a bit loud and sometimes obnoxious but i think it's still good i think it's still trendy here and there absolutely i when you, when you turn on the camera and i saw you were in that fantastic shirt harold me i just came from work i'm in a t-shirt okay if i take this off i got straight up hat hair so i'm gonna go and put that back on what do you mean you got, you got the fresh cut going you got a nice shirt no creases you got the gold chain you're the one who's stunted i'm just trying to keep up with you i'm, I'm boring that. right now look at that i i like you know i don't mind every once in a while getting the compliment paid back to me because i pay a lot of compliments so i'll take it i'll take it for sure <laughs> so I've also seen you, I know you have a big affiliation with Superkicked, and you are all over that program. You have wrestled some of the greats from Chambers, from Mark Wheeler, from the list goes on and on and on. And, and Superkicked, much like Destiny, brings in a lot of big names, a lot of big names. And Superkick was doing something very cool throughout the pandemic. They were one of the few promotions that was actually filming. They were pre-filming a lot of their matches to throw up on their YouTube page just to keep the wrestlers ring ready but also keep their fans engaged until stuff can open back up. Now, as we're recording this episode, who knows where the world's going to be because apparently we're over 700 cases again in Toronto and the ICU wards are filling up. So COVID is all over the place right now, but we're going to hope for the best. But how was that experience doing all the filming at Superkicked and working throughout the pandemic, at least there, staying in ring shape? It's definitely something that people who are able to do it should be fortunate and grateful enough because it's something where the owner uh, chambers is taking his time and dedication to continuously put on a phenomenal product for all these individuals and something that no one else was realistically doing. And even though it's, it's definitely new and different for anyone to be able to um, 
do kind of live segments, but without an audience. So it's definitely challenged all the wrestlers in a way that no one else has been challenged. But again, something that I was very fortunate and very grateful just to receive the opportunity because you're so used to performing in front of an audience. You're so used to that live interaction. So when kind of COVID happened, you're doing that, though you are ring ready, you are also creating a lot of awareness for yourself where you're hitting a move where you're doing a sequence. You're not getting that reaction that you are before. So it's one of those things where no matter what, you always have to be on your A game because there's realistically no margin for error because it's so silent and you are literally the center of attention. So it's definitely, again, something that's very fortunate, something that very thankful that I was able to experience then continue to grow and develop myself as a performer and as a wrestler. Absolutely. Absolutely. Was it challenging for you? Cause like a lot of wrestlers, like even when you see it in like house shows where there are small crowds, a lot of wrestlers would do a move in there. They stop and kind of do that pose and stuff like that. Was it weird to do things like that? Maybe if you needed to in the match, if the match called for it and not have that boo or yeah, like reaction, you know what I mean? It's definitely different because you're so used to it as a wrestler, right? So to just have almost crickets or silence, it definitely uh, changes your gear and your mindset of how you go on about the match where it becomes less for the fans and for the entertainment. It's more so for yourself at the end of the day. Not saying that other matches aren't for yourself, but realistically, you are entertaining an individual strictly through television, through film, which definitely plays a much different role in my personal opinion than um, it does when they're there. And I compare it to almost theater and film. So I'm an individual who has done theater, who has done film, and the two are very, very different, very, very unique. Where in theater, it's very loud, you're very abundant, you're very out there. Where it's film, you're noticing the little things, you're noticing the facials, you're noticing the positioning, you're noticing the fine-tuned things. So it's definitely something that I was more critically aware for that. And definitely a little thrown back the first time, you know, having that match with no audience, but then it's something where, okay, here's how it kind of went. This is what's working. Let's see if we can continue with this progress and continue to develop myself through this kind of formula. Absolutely. No, that's, that's intriguing. And, you know, you mentioned a film and theater background. You and I actually have, we share something in common that way. I did a lot of theater in high school and I went to the Toronto film school. That's what I did. Uh, that's what was my passion was I wanted to be the next great Quentin Tarantino. And here I am <laughs> in my basement talking about wrestling. <laughs> what do you mean? You've already surpassed him. So I don't know what you're talking about. That's bro. true. That's true. I've released a whole ton of more content than he has. That's true. That's right. Let me tip of my hat. But to go off topic for a second, when it comes to theater, do you have a favorite play? And when it comes to film, do you have a movie that's got a special place in your heart? I'm not going to say your favorite. Because favorite would be very, I'm going to, that's straight and narrow. And that's not fair to someone. I love film, but I have so many different films that I hold special for different reasons. So theater, give me your favorite play first, if you have one. And then give me a movie that holds a special place in your heart. My favorite play of all time is Waiting for Godot. The reason I love that is basically for people who don't know, it's a two-act play where two individuals are waiting by a tree for an individual named Godot who never shows up. And it's basically the whole idea of, uh, what's the point of everything? What's the point of us waiting here? What's the point of us standing here talking, having this conversation? Because the first act and the second act are the exact same thing. It, it's just more so people are, are realizing it. And the reason I personally love that play is the whole idea of that stereotypical line where you live two lives. Um, the first one, you live your first life doing whatever you are. And you start living your second life when you realize you only have that one life. 
So that's why I really appreciate waiting for Google because that's kind of what I got from it, where it's you have to make the most of everything that you have and every opportunity that you have. In terms of favorite movie or, or movie that uh, has a special place in my heart, I'd definitely say, oof, oof. I'm, I'm, I'm flipping between three. I don't know which one to say, but uh, we're going to go with uh, 21 Jump Street. Hey, all right, all right, all right. I like it. <laughs> just truthfully, I, I just love that movie. I love everything about it. I love the subtlety of Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum. I I, I could watch that movie a million times over. It's not my it's not my favorite movie of all time. It's my top five, but it's something that I will watch hands down any single time because it's one of those feel goods for me. It's very wholesome to me, even though you know things like getting your dick shot off happen or he's going to beat people's dicks off and a lot of things like that. But to me, it's still wholesome entertainment and it's like a pick-me-up movie. I just, I love it like that. It holds a place for me personally. Absolutely. No, I, I, I totally see that resonate. My wife and I went to go see that movie on a whim and uh, we laughed our butts off. We went to see it and it sucked too because Anton, we were sitting like the first four rows in the theater. So we did this. Oh no, the wife. Well, because that's before, you know, that's pre-COVID and stuff, right? You didn't have reserved seating. If you didn't do like AVX, and I'm a cheap bastard. So I was like, you want to go see a movie? Okay, let's go. So we just went and there was like 12 seats left and they were all in those like first four rows. But regardless of the fact, even though my neck killed like a bastard because it's almost two hours long, we uh, we had a great time and we enjoyed it. And the second one, I even like better, to be honest with you, we've showed it to the mini host, both of them. Like the mini host has seen a lot of movies beyond her years because she understands the world of cinema is very different yeah. from the real world. There are real world aspects in it, but she'll know that somebody getting their, you know, genital area shot off doesn't happen too often. Yeah. So she'll yeah, get yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, actually, yeah, you're right. For a second, I'm like, wait, maybe it does happen often. I'm like, no, no. No, usually, like me, when I'm playing video games, I'm not going to lie. If I'm low on bullets, uh, if you shoot any of the AIs in the dick, they will die right away. So that's just a little gamer tip to anyone out there. If you play like Max Payne or if you play like, uh, you know, the Mafia series, you're low on bullets, shoot people in the dick, they'll drop. It's good. I was thinking combat arms. You shoot someone in the dick, you literally get a nut shot thing. That was the biggest thing ever. Everyone was going for that. A nut shot. Like, yeah. Nut shot. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember that? Me. <laughs> so when it comes to layers of your character and evolution of Anton Alexov, there's so many layers of way you could play this character. And it's a character where... Right now, you can walk a fine line. You could go heal if you wanted to, but you also could be an anti-hero, which a lot of people don't understand in wrestling. That has layers to it. You're not just a heel, and you're not just a typical stone-cold character. You don't go against things. You could be the anti-hero that's just in it for himself. I don't like anyone. I hate everyone, and I'm just going to do me. You love me, you hate me. That's who I am. But your character really can walk the entire spectrum from face to anti-hero to straight up heel. Uh, depending on the promotion, I'm, I'm assuming you've played many layers of the spectrum. The thing for me, and I, I always say this when people are like, you're playing a character. I don't play a character, at least to me, I don't. Because when I think of Anton Alexia, it's, it's me. It's full on me. And I say this because, yes, there's layers to it. But if you look at any individual, there's layers to you mm -hmm. as a person, right? You're not always happy. You're not always sad. You're not always angry. And that's the same with me where depending on the match, depending on what it is, 
there's those layers. I'm coming out and I'm going in there for a good time and to make memories. But at the same time, if I'm facing someone who I have a rivalry with, someone who, you know, maybe shook me the wrong way, I'm going to have a different attitude towards it. And that doesn't necessarily mean that my gimmick or suddenly is different. It's, it's still me. And it's authentically me. And that's what I like about it because, you know, for turning heel, a lot of, a lot of times people think, uh, you know, Russian gimmick, very stereotypical, sickle and hammer type vibe. But I, I think that stereotype for me, at least personally, is overplayed. Or to the point that, okay, so these, I feel like I'm seen as the villain more so for very <laughs> prominent reasons. But I, I don't feel that I personally am. And again, I want to kind of share that energy, that lively spirit, but still have that, I'm going to put everything on the line to win attitude. So it's one of those things where, again, yes, you have the very fun party, I'm going to go crazy Anton, but you also have that, I'm going to jump off a ladder, I'm going to give it my all, I don't care who you are or what your experience is, I'm going to give you a hell of a match. So it's kind of that median and just being able to find the gears for that, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. No, it does. Uh, the great thing about having all these conversations that I have, and you know, as well as I said, I, even when I approached you with the idea of coming on the show, I said, let's sit down for a conversation. I never use the word, or I try not to use the word interview as often as possible, because I want people to know, like even right now, you and I are just having a conversation. You could see I've never once looked down at my phone. I've never looked at notes anywhere. I, all these questions are off the top of my head, and I want people to know that this is a conversation. Your answers that I'm getting, I have some ideas of where I want things to go. But the answers that you're giving are organic, much like the questions are organic. So that's what makes this a very different process than your typical podcast, if you will. I try to, I try to give it layers. I try to give no, it layers. Sure. It's really nice. And again, just going off that, even like talking about like the layers, right? You're coming in, um, you really start off your way where you're like very bodacious, very out there, but then you also have like that seriousness to yourself, right? And that's kind of the same thing for characters. And that's what I really love about wrestling or I love about prominent wrestling figures or characters is that if you look at them and their character work, they're not just one layer. They're not just, um, I'm this one person like Effie. And I love Effie so much for his character work and him because it's him. But all of Effie is, you're literally following Effie's story of him going up to Effie lives from Effie is dead to Effie is now fine. And the reality of wrestling is it's not always a straight line. You're going to have, you're going to have times where people are going to want to not book. You're going to have times where you're so over times where people are questioning you. And what I love about him is he rolls with that and that's his character. And that's so obviously his character and he's revolutionizing what it means, in my opinion, to be a wrestler, to be a character. So that's definitely someone who I look forward to seeing all the time and who I kind of get inspired from on who I can be and why I'm just trying to be authentically myself as much as I can. Absolutely. Let's talk about inspiration for a second because inspiration is a very cool word to use. Uh, I said at the beginning of the show, when I introduced you, uh, you're, you're inspiring in the ring. And I mean that in the sincerest forms and, and, and flattery because you are uh, most recently at the destiny show fatal four way. We had you, we had um, uh, Aiden Prince. We had, Oh my God, my mind's running a blank. You'll have to forgive me. Uh, uh, Raj and Del Bruno. Raj and Del Bruno. So Del Bruno, I know very well. Aiden Prince, I know very well. You, I know very well. Raj, I, I know him a little bit. No, I'm joking. No, he's a good guy too. He's a great guy as well. But the four of you told one hell of a story. And at the end, you squeaked out the win. 
Aiden hit the finisher. You kind of pushed him off. You stole the win, really, if you think about it, or at least from Aiden's perspective, you stole the win. But at the end of the day, a win's a win. No matter how you get it, the W is yours. At the end, you try to show a little bit of sign of respect. And for the first time ever, Aiden Prince did not extend his hand as well. He rolled out of the ring. He looked very frustrated, ended up pushing a fan into yours truly. And I got a little bruise on my elbow, but I'm okay. My shoulder popped out a little bit. I was able to pop it back in. It dislocates all the time. Ooh, ooh, you're, you're hitting a soft spot there. Got to make sure this one keeps in. That's right. You know, just every, just every once in a while, you leave the weapon, that shit, you'll feel better. A couple Tylenol, you're fine. <laughs> now, um, how was that moment for you, knowing that you and Aiden shared many locker rooms together, you have a mutual respect for one another, and at the end of the day, you got one up on him just this one time, but he looked frustrated, and I don't think this is the last we're going to see of Aiden Prince versus Anton Alexov. I really don't. I think as the Destiny shows continue to go, I want to see you two in a one-on-one because I really want to know who the better man is. It's, like you said, a win is a win, and regardless of who you are, we all have the same mindset of that we want to win. And that's the honest truth. Whoever says they don't want to win is probably lying too. <laughs> um, and it's one of those things where you're going to do anything that you can to get that win. And the reality is, unfortunately, uh, yes, it, it was his finish that kind of sealed the deal. But was, <clears throat> I want to say my timing and me being able to be resourceful that got me just slightly past him. Because at the end of the day, if you're looking at a fight, you know, it's not always about who's the better fighter it's about who's willing to do whatever it takes to win who's willing to sometimes play dirty and that doesn't necessarily mean you know um i'm gonna try blindside someone 100 percent like whacking with the chair anything like that it's more so taking the opportunities that are given to you and making the most of them and that's definitely what i did in that match and again Aiden and I, we have a mutual respect where i think he is a phenomenal individual both inside and outside the ring and unfortunately he's been having bad luck at destiny specifically in terms of being able to keep that win streak going and just me adding to it, unfortunately pushed him a bit off the edge. Um, I don't know if he blames me directly. I don't know if he blames uh, destiny as a whole, but it's definitely something where there's a little bit of tension there. Uh, At the end of the day, I'm still always open to sharing a ring with him because I know him and I will destroy one-on-one. We have a killer match, hands down match of the night. It's just about how the cards fall at this point. I just hope <laughs> I just hope he doesn't slide in and try to whack me with something, you know? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, he would do the same thing in all honesty, right? Because he wants to continue to progress the same way that I do. And for me, who is making his debut at a new company, I don't have the margin to not win, realistically, especially in a fatal four-way. Me solidifying that win put me on the map. I, I beat two impact stars and Italy's finest export in Del Bruno, right? So that says something about me as an individual, me as a wrestler. And that again, puts me on the map, gets eyes noticed on me and gets me more opportunities, which is what I'm trying to create. Absolutely. And you, you have, like I said, you, 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 I was already a fan, but you made me a super fan. I'm all in on Anton. If I see Anton's on the card, it's going to be a little bit more intriguing for me to actually want to go to whatever show you're on next. And that's truthful. And it's not kissing your ass. It's being honest because your skill is unparalleled. And anyone, guys, if you want to watch that match, it was taped for TV. It will be available. I'm not sure where. I want to say either on Fight or on IP, uh, Independent Wrestling Television, but it will be available and you will be able to soak it in. And it was one hell of a match. And again, 
he wrestles in a full out suit guys and he doesn't take anything off and it's styling styling and profiling it is absolutely is now do you have different suits or do you just is the white one always the go-to Oh, sure. I have so many suits. I have, I have a gold suit. I got my red wing jacket. I got um, a black, black pattern. I got my white one. I used to have a, a custom one that I made. Uh, unfortunately, I, I bleached that and ruined the pattern on it. So that was on me. Because I tried to wash off blood. It didn't work out. I washed off the entire print. But not the hard way. You know, I have I have multiple suits. Um, and they come and go realistically. They're in rotation. Because the way my wardrobe works is... Me, every day, I wear a lot of suits. Um, I, I like to go out. I like to feel good because I was always taught to dress your best because you never know who you're going to meet. So you always <laughs> want to try and look your best. Mm-hmm. And from that, whenever I feel like a suit is more so not suitable for my wardrobe anymore, that's when I'm like, you know what? I can still wrestle in this. There's, It's already invested in it. It's already like $200, $300 put into this. Whatever, man. Instead of just like throwing it out, I'm gonna make the most of it. I'm gonna run that thing t- <laughs> until it's destroyed. And if it gets destroyed in wrestling, sell so I, mean, I got a closet full of like 20 extra suits just like waiting. Now, have you um have you ever thought or 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 do you have it like kind of waiting in the wings for when eventually it becomes unwearable outside, but you can still run like full out tuxedo? Like have you ever wrestled in a full out tux? I'm talking penguin tails at the back and everything. <sighs> I feel like that's a that's a bit out of uh, my my realm of wardrobe, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I, I feel like that might be a bit uncomfortable as well. Again, I'll wrestle like the mink jackets because I think those are hella fresh. But yeah. something like that, I feel like I might be a little bit more restricted because I feel like for those types of tuxedos, you want to be like very tight and very nice. Yes. Yes. But at the same time, it, the thing that's the downfall about that is it'll fully rip on you within like two steps. And I've already learned that the hard way in the beginning of my career. So, wait, hold on. Have you have you ripped a few suits doing a couple moves here and there right off the gate? Oh, dude, I have ripped so many suits. Um, and the way I don't rip my suits now is I literally have my friend who's a seamstress, and she just uh, she just does a special seam in like the middle of the crotch area, you know, so it doesn't rip open. Uh, that's it. Otherwise, the suit jackets, they stay the same. They rip, they rip. The crotch pants, you know, they're just adjusted like right in the middle, but the rest is all authentic because I've had times where I've literally jumped off the top rope and then people would be all, I see your underwear. I don't realize it. And then all of a sudden, it's just like from my cheek all the way down. Nice. Tough lessons you learn. Tough lessons you learn. I love it. So rivalries. Everyone has those great rivalries. Everyone has that great dance partner that they want to just get in the ring with and dance forever. You've had the pleasure of having a few. Uh, The ones that I know of, uh, I know you've had a few battles with Chris Chambers for sure. I also know you've had tons, tons of battles with Mark Wheeler. But when you look at all your your matches to date, who would you say is your greatest rival right now in your career? I think it's ironic that I would would say this name, but I, I would say... Holden Albright. And the reason I say that is because we started wrestling relatively at the same time. Mm-hmm. We, we have trained a lot together. We have had a lot of uh, matches, a lot of matches. I've had more matches, of course, with the likes of like Mark, uh, Jesse V, Stratosphere, Chris Chambers. But the thing that I admire about Albright is that he's paving a way for himself and creating his own kind of journey. And in my mind, he's kind of 
my rival because that's who I started with, so to speak. And for us to both kind of have different paths, but still continue on this journey together, I, I feel like he's my rival because I know anytime I'll go in the ring with him, we're going to have a killer match, hands down. And it's very two different styles. And I feel like a lot of people don't think that because, you know, we haven't shared the ring that much, but we still have so much history behind it. Uh, otherwise, I would say my sec my other greatest rival to him would be Mark Wheeler because we've had countless matches. And it's to the point where we literally bounce off of each other so quickly and so easily. And you, you see the chemistry is there and it's clearly there. So those two guys, I would say, would be my personal greatest rivals that I, I think. I love Wheeler. I love Wheeler, but I, I love Wheeler when he's, uh, when he's frustrated by Space Monkey. That's what I enjoy. That's when I enjoy the true Mark Wheeler. There was... Uh, Wheeler frustrated by anything. It's just like, hey, what are you doing? There was one time we were at a crossbody show, and it was the first time I... And I hadn't done the video interviews yet, and I, I was just getting my feet wet, and I just got this, like, handheld recorder. Super excited about it. H6, I was like, this is going to be sick. Like, I can't wait to get into this. And he was going to be my first one. So we go outside after his match. He's got ice on his knees, and... We're chilling outside the front of the crossbody facility at the time. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, we're, we're having a conversation. People are walking by having smokes. And there's a bunch of kids smoking weed, like kind of right in front of us talking. And he goes, hang on a second. And I actually have this on the audio. I edited it out of the episode, but I have it. He goes, hey, listen, can't you see a fucking two people in a microphone here? What's wrong with you? And the, the four people are like, really? Uh, are, you, are you mad? He goes, well, no. But you're making for really bad fucking audio right now. <laughs> the, the, the three guys and the one girl were like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that. He's like, it's okay. I forgive you. So George, anyway, what you were saying, he just went back right into it so naturally. And the reason why you're dying of laughter is because you know, that's Mark Wheeler. That's Wheeler. He's, he's very like dead face jokes. It's like, he'll say something and all of a sudden, but also my favorite Mark Wheeler is two shot Wheeler. Oh, <laughs> in Vancouver. Wheeler doesn't drink, and I respect that a lot about him. But anytime I'm with him, I'm like, let's drink. Let's drink. He's like, no, no, no. And we were in Vancouver. It was my birthday. I got two shots in him. It was great. He wasn't like, again, he was very comfortable, very good. But it's just, it's just fun to see because I feel like a lot of people try to get, like, the party wheeler out but are unable to do so. So for me, it's fun to see party wheeler because I've been able to get that party wheeler out and he's the same way but then he has a lot of oh i'm mark wheeler brother, <laughs> brother. <laughs> Which is that's great. a that's a I spot he's on gonna, wheeler he's gonna, watch this. he's gonna watch this he's gonna hate me he's like why are you talking about me like, yeah. i'm sorry i appreciate you please don't hate me Oh man, uh, that was the best. When I, I had him, I had my conversation with him right after I dropped my conversation with Space Monkey, and I was like, "So Space Monkey had a lot to say," and all he kept saying was, "You know, I like that space. I like Monkey when he didn't talk." And then fucking Ethan Page had to give him that fucking collar, and I would never shut the fuck up. I fucking hate that goddamn Monkey, and I'm like, "Bro, that's a little harsh to say you hate him." No, I do. I do you always have you ever shared a car with a monkey? And I, I, I went there. Yeah, well. But I, what am I supposed to say that? I'm like, no, obviously I've never shared a car with a monkey. He goes, well, let me tell you, it ain't no fucking picnic. Banana peels everywhere. It smells like shit. And it's just horrible. And I'm just like, is there anything else to it? He goes, there is, but I got to keep it PG. I mean, we're talking like, you know, feces just flying everywhere. And I'm just like, 
That's you're painting a horrible picture right now. Like a horrible but picture. Like, imagine having to drive eight hours to Chicago and the monkey is unaffected by feces. I don't blame the man for being upset at that. I'd be so furious. Like, goddamn, brother, clean up your car. I, I know you're you're just a primate, but you you think you'd learn a thing or two from sharing locker rooms? I've seen so many people get kicked out just for having bad bad gear and just smelling bad or not put on deodorant. It's a thing. R- respect, r- respect. You know your uh, your locker room and your fellow people, and that goes twice if you're driving. People don't have feces lying around the car. So do it. Yeah. That's fair. That's that you're right. That's fair. I mean, guys, listen, don't take a shit in a locker room and just leave it in the center. Go to the washroom and do it like a normal person would. I think that's fair. Don't forget to wipe. That's it. Don't forget to wipe. Yeah, definitely wipe because you know, you guys are a lot of times you're in those tight quarters and you don't want to get a stink face without not getting a stink face. It's true. You don't want to get that. That's that's a no-no. That's all kinds of pink eye. That's what that is. All kinds of pink eye. Biggest biggest no-nos are people. This is my personal pet peeve with like the longest armpit hair, but like, you know, there's nothing wrong with the armpit hair, but like, it looks like razor wires coming out and there's no deodorants Ooh. and you're in a headlock in there. Oof. Oof. My personal pet peeve. Yeah. I could see that being very uncomfortable. You just painted a really, uh, I got, I got like a hairball right now. Nah. Ugh. Oh, you get a hairball when you're those headlocks. It's just all up in there. So it's, it's funny that you segue to respect for the locker room because at the start of the pandemic, there was a movement that kind of happened, speaking out movement, where a lot of negativity from the locker rooms was removed. A lot of people were called out for the the things that they were doing behind the curtain. And the curtain was pulled back to show a lot of victimizing and a call for change. And, um, you know, Ontario had a big wake-up call in a lot of names. Big wake-up call. And uh, it was refreshing to see. Uh, Not to get into anything too personal, but... What were your thoughts on the whole movement when it was happening and the fact that some of these things were finally being brought to light that should have been brought to light so many years ago? I think it's very important in the sense that when you, when I think of wrestling, I think of it, it's still a profession, still a career. And regardless of where you want to work, you want to ensure that it's a welcoming environment and that's a respected environment. And unfortunately I found that a lot of things or what I saw is that a lot of things with wrestling is some individuals um, try and manipulate their way around being a decent human being. Where at the end of the day, again, whether I'm talking to you, you know, my family, my friends, my peers, uh, wrestling, my personal life, I want to treat everyone with as much respect and integrity as I can. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case where, again, as you said, the currents were open and you start to find out that who these individuals really are. And as someone who might be running a show, you know, I'm a representation of the promoter in a sense. So I have to uh, be professional, be respectful. And by not being that, I'm not only making myself look bad, I'm making my peers look bad, my promotions look bad. And I feel like other people never thought that it would get to the point where their personal actions would affect so much more than just themselves. So I'm, I wouldn't say I'm glad that it happened because I don't think anyone should have to get to that point of you need to speak out for it to be noticed. Um, I'm very trying to put this together. Uh, I'm very 
thankful that you know things have been brought to light where you kind of see who individuals really are and that people are just becoming more self-conscious and understanding of who they're having in their locker room who they're having represent their brand um and who your peers essentially are associating themselves with because again there's there's nothing wrong with sometimes you know cracking a joke or two but the second you're um generally being disrespectful not treating people with integrity um or creating that open locker room environment, then I personally don't believe there's any room for you in this industry or even any workplace, because at the end of the day, that's just the bare minimum. And I don't think wrestling should be any different than any other job that you would have. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself in the simplest terms and the most convenient definitions. That's the most well put anybody could have possibly put it together. And I feel like it was um, a wake up call for fans because sometimes as fans, uh, myself included, we'll go too far into things. And sometimes I've been on the other end where I've been heckled just by booing someone and the wrestlers talk shit. And you know what? That's fine. That's part of the game. Fans are supposed to talk shit to wrestlers. Wrestlers are supposed to talk shit to fans. But if it gets to a point where it feels like it's more insulting than just banter, then it's wrong. It's wrong in a lot of ways. You know, even in the podcast game, there's a lot of egos. And a lot of egos get butt hurt when you call things out honestly. And um, I've lost some connections. I've gained some connections. But that's me. Straight talk wrestling. I say what I got to say when I got to say it. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But at the end of the day, I'm, I say what, what's on my mind. And I put my foot in my mouth so many times. I've been called out for, well, I don't think that's the right thing. You're right, 100%. And I don't mean put my foot in my mouth in my bad way. But I've made an opinion on something. Like, the, for example, the Forbidden Door. I said I felt impact got the short end of the stick in a lot of ways. And I was called out by another podcaster saying, well, I mean, pay-per-view sales were up. TV ratings were up. Yeah, you're right. So, okay, they didn't get the short end of the stick that way. They made money. But the fact is their talent wasn't as highlighted as the other brand's talent was. Right? It wasn't really yeah. a fair – the door didn't swing both ways. You know what I mean? No, for sure. And I agree with that. I'm, I'm personally very thankful – because I made a lot of my mistakes in university, luckily, where, you know, I came in with that uh, ego head or that non-inclusive idea of, again, what life would be. Where I was, you know, I'm raised in a very stereotypical European household, so I'm a bit more closed off about culture, um, race, gender, everything like that. So I'm very thankful that I experienced university. I experienced all the individuals because... I have said so many things wrong, you know, growing up 18, 19, 20 to the point where people fully called me out. But at the same time, I'm very willing to learn and own up to my mistakes. And I'm very glad that I was able to do it at such a young age because, again, I learned so much about different uh, individuals, different cultures, different backgrounds. And it's really opened up my mind to what the world is and who people are and just how to treat people with the basic utmost respect. At least I like to think I treat people with that respect. Absolutely. And I'm, a, I'm the same way. I feel respect is earned, though, not given. I'm not going to automatically give you my respect. We'll be cordial. We'll be, we'll be, you know, fair to each other. But you have to earn respect both ways. It can't just be handed out. And anybody that thinks it can be handed out, I have to strongly disagree with you. Oh, no. I said something I shouldn't have said. Oh, my God. Nah, whatever. Um, now, listen, you talked about university. What are you taking in university? Are you still in university? Or what did you, what did you study in? What's the backup plan for uh, Andrew? I know wrestling's number one, but what's the backup? So Anton Alexia right now has a uh, criminology degree and a BAA in business from Ooh. Schuett School of Business. Where we're vibing. We're, we're an educated individual. We currently have a nice 
comfortable corporate job, not going to lie, which basically funds my wrestling and allows me to work around my schedule and just create it. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, so originally I was going to go to law school. Then I learned, I find this stuff very boring. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, 167 of my LSATs, which is good. Um, and then I got into um, Osgood Law, but you know, I learned it's not really for me, which is fine. Sometimes it's not for everyone, but I'm just, yeah, I'm doing very well for myself. If I'm being quite honest, I've been, I've taken the time to, I always put school first before wrestling. Uh, now that school's finally done, I'm using what I've learned and what I've gained from it to put that towards wrestling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So 2022 right now, like I said, fingers crossed the world stays open. Summer's coming. It's going to be a lot more shows, a lot more bookings. What territories or what, should I say, promotions do you want to try to get in the door with to show these fans what they've been, they haven't been able to see full time? Well, right now I'm trying to tackle as much of uh, Canadian indies as I can. Right now I'm doing a lot in Vancouver with New Wrestling and WrestleCore. Um, I was supposed to do K uh, Kaizen Pro back in the East, but unfortunately I blew my shoulder. So I'm in talks with coming, hopefully, uh, coming back there. Uh, I really want to do C4. I think I think that would be an incredible experience. Again, uh, I'm just going to try to continue to build my name as much as I can. So hopefully they'll want to bring me in. Uh, Winnipeg Pro is definitely a big thing for me. Um, FLQ, um, IWS Hardcore in uh, Quebec and Montreal. And then in terms of the States, I'm definitely, I feel like everyone's, a lot of people's goal is GCW because I, I think that would be a phenomenal thing. So I want to build myself up as much as I can as a Canadian star that, you know, American companies such as GCW would be like, you know what, I want to risk it on him. I want to bring this guy in. So that's, that would be kind of the end goal to be able to have a rivalry with Effie and GCW. I think that's, I think those goals are completely obtainable because sir, you are a fantastic talent. And the pretty cool thing about this is that now, not only can I say you've been on my show, but I can call you a friend and that's even fucking cooler. So, I have friends. Yes. My mama would be so proud. And you are, you are a member of the straight talk family as well. So you're allowed to come back anytime you want. You just hit me up. We'll do it all again. Now that you know how Twitter works, we'll do it all over again. We figured it out finally. <laughs> so I got a couple more questions and then we'll play a game. If you're interested in the game's very easy. I'll explain the rules in a bit, but Final question, Effie, you said that's a, that's a rivalry that you want to do. You want to go, but what is yeah. like, what's the dream match for you? Every wrestling fan or every wrestler come, come working their way up has a dream match. Could be somebody passed on, could be somebody in the present or someone coming up with you that could be in the future. Any other names besides Effie? You're like, man, I'd love to, I'd love to tangle with this person. Um, the first name that comes to mind is Daniel Garcia. And the reason I say that is because I have met Daniel. I think he is one of the most wonderful human beings ever. And, you know, I, I have shared the ring with his boys, like Kevin Blackwood, uh, Puff, um, but I never got to share it with him. Um, and then, you know, he's really big right now. He's doing amazing things. So I think just being able to share the ring with someone like him would be a dream for me because, you know, you look, you look at wrestlers from the past, um, and people have like their dream matches. Like I want to face Shawn Michaels from X year or Eddie Guerrero. I unfortunately think differently where I think of current people and people over the now. 
I, I personally don't like to live in the past. Not that I don't respect everything that they've done, but my mind is always on, okay, who's, who do I think is going to be, you know, amazing in five years from now and 10 years from now. And anytime I think of that, I do think Daniel Garcia. So to be able to have a match with him would definitely be, you know, a little dream of mine. Absolutely. That would be a barn burner. All I can say to one thing is that is Tony Khan, if you're listening, shut up and take my money, make it fucking happen. Get this man on dark right away. And my final question, this may be a really tough one for you to answer, but I'm going to throw this out there. When it comes to, because I'm a man who likes to dabble in mixology. Uh, it's a kind of a part-time passion of mine, along with the podcast and collecting toys and comic books and wearing amazing shirts. These are all my, my pastimes. Um, yeah. Is your drink of choice the white Russian? Honestly, the white Russian is disgusting. It's, it's so bad. It is it's so horrendous. It, it absolutely no is. Shop you put with alcohol. <laughs> no, dude. I had to. I, I had to. Dude, watermelon, Ciroc, and Sprite. I am telling you, that's all you need for a good time. It's simple. It's fruity. It's delicious. That is heaven. Yeah, absolutely. 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 You know what? That sounds dynamite. I'm gonna. I, I do have some watermelons to rock. So when I'm done, I'm gonna go upstairs. I'm gonna make myself one of these. That is all you need. Oh my god, twinning, 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 twinning. All right. And now the game. The game I want to play with you is called Forced Mount Rushmore. It's very simple. I'm going to give you five wrestlers at random, and you're gonna put them on your Mount Rushmore. One being your least favorite out of the five I've given you and five being your favorite out of the five I've given you. So one, two, okay. three, four. So five being the best, in your opinion, one being crap. Gotcha. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. I'm going to throw out a couple ones. Uh, you know what? And it's not going to be just you know big names. It's going to be all over the map. So from the indies, I'll give you Effie. Okay? From AEW, I'll give you Daniel Garcia. From WWE, I'll give you two of my favorites, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. And finally, rounding out the five, I'll give you one of my all-time favorites, the man who I followed from his back in his days as Terra Rising. That's a hint. That is my all-time favorite wrestler, the game Triple H. This is hard. I know. <laughs> you have a lot of good names. I know. Unfortunately, I'd have to put Garcia number one. Okay. Um. Just because the other four have accomplished so, so much. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to put Seth Rollins into the two spots. Okay. You know, I, I really love Seth Rollins, respect his thing, but um, I'm going to have to leave him there. And then I'm going to put the game in number three. Okay. Yeah. I, I really, you know what? I love the game. I generally do, but if anyone knows me, they know that my knowledge of wrestling mainly stems from SmackDown versus Raw 2007. <laughs> right? Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, then I'll put Effie uh, at four, and then I put Kevin Owens at five. That's how I would kind of put my Rushmore. I feel like we get a lot of hate for putting the game in number three, where again, I think he's wonderful. I think he is incredible. But in terms of me personally being entertained, I get a lot more out of Candace Finest, Kevin Owens, and, you know, the razzle-dazzle of Effie, so. You know, my wife, my wife says that Kevin Owens is my wrestling doppelganger. 
you know what? I can see it. You just need to like grow out this part. I can't do it. I've tried. This doesn't grow. <laughs> it really doesn't when grow. You get those rollers. Like, oh. you know how they, they have those space rollers? Yeah, yeah. Activate your pores or something. Okay. Oh, it's biology or something. I don't know. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it because the white Russian recommended it to me. And guys, remember, if anything, I got you covered. If anything you take away from this interview, milk should not be mixed with liquor under any circumstances. Absolutely not. Just enjoy these little things. These are bad boys. They're your best friends. <laughs> All right, Anton, my man, for anyone who doesn't follow you on social media, where can they find you on A Wonderful World? And where do you answer your DMs? <laughs> I answer my DMs on everything now. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. It's okay, I'm Russian. Okay is just the letters O and K. So it's okay, I'm Russian. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Don't really use that because I don't really get it, but we're going to try to figure it out one day. <laughs> awesome amazing well guys this has been one hell of a conversation i'm your host your boy you know my socials but they will be in the link below and if you enjoyed this conversation hit that subscribe button as we work our way towards 500 then do a thousand and then beyond i'd like to thank my guest today my good friend now anton alexa for joining me and as always peace love and wrestling i'll see you guys next time peace Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. None in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going state to state.